On this episode of Reliterated, it's a prison break story that takes everything great about Cool Hand Luke, Shawshank Redemption, Escape from Alcatraz, and The Count of Monte Cristo, combines it, and throws it out the window to make a cutesy story about a hamster for children, and likening him to a goofy stage magician who couldn't take a punch and was a terrible guest at seances. That's right, Harry Houdini, I'm calling you out. What are you going to do, haunt me? At least the sex scene in this book is pretty hot. Matty Ice is our guest in this foray into the surprisingly mature children's tale, I Houdini, on Reliterated, the podcast that's more fun than a pillow fight. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults discussing the books read by children in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also don't hold back on spoilers, so if you haven't read today's book and don't want to be spoiled, read it before listening. You've been warned. My name's Andy. I'm Harold. And I'm Josh. And on today's show, you may have been expecting sideways stories from Wayside School if you listened to last episode and uh, take what we say to heart, but things change. Schedules are tough to line up into into perfect sync, so our next episode is going to be Sideways Stories with David Tripp Hazard. But today we have a treat for you. We are going to do I Houdini by... Our old friend Lynn Reed Banks, who also wrote The Indian in the Cupboard. Uh, This book is from 1978, and it was suggested to us by our friend Matt, Matty Ice Mays. Say hello to everybody. What's up, everyone? It is good to be back again for the fourth or fifth time on this show now. But the second time as a solo guest. Yeah, yeah. The other couple times, your your other half was uh, your your counterpart, if you will, joined us for some some video game book talk. Yeah, and he missed last week's book, which I I did give him some shit for. But I caught the end. Like I listened, obviously, I listened to the whole show last week, and you guys talked about David Tripp Hazard. I'm like, man, these people are gonna be disappointed when they hear next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I disagree. We're still gonna have David. Yeah, my brother will be on next next time. He just had some prior engagements taking place up in uh, Oregon. So, oh, so it all you. worked out anyways then. Yeah. Yeah. We bumped up this episode and Matt was game to join us. So thanks a lot, Mr. Ice. No problem. Glad I could be here. Speaking of last week's episode, I didn't I didn't know whether to wait for our reiterated episode to discuss it or not, but I was listening to you guys' show last night. And Mark said that he didn't actually choose The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. And I believe it was that night we were all there recording our Castlevania episode when he said that, when he said Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Am I wrong? No, I mean, that's the only time he really would have. I mean, that's probably the only time the conversation would have come up. Harold, Josh, do you remember anything about the discussion on what (laughs) goosebumps we were doing? I feel like the fact that we did Scarecrow Walks at Midnight means that it was something that we collectively remembered as being said because 
I believe we repeated that list multiple times before it became a chapter, before we started yeah, right? the chapter. Right. I think somebody died and we Mandela'd into a new new universe. And Boom. <laughs> now, now Mark's favorite goosebumps is the barking ghost all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's Mark. Mark, welcome to this timeline. You, you've come <laughs> into this one, so <laughs> something terrible happened, but you're here now. And yep. uh, you chose a different book in this timeline. <laughs> Either way, it did uh it did not get a high <laughs> ranking last week. Uh it was not it did not sound like that was a good RL Stein book. And also, I want to say I disagree with Josh on Michigan Chillers and American Chillers being the shittier versions of Goosebumps. I think they're the Oh, better they're versions. trash. No, they're, they're not. They're and you were talking trash. about you were talking about Bionic Bats of Bay City, which does not count. That was like one of the last <laughs> books that man has ever written. Well, that, that book sucked balls. So the the Alpina one is decent. The like alien assault Alpina or something like that. It's the one I can remember. Well, I don't even want to try to read the other ones because that book sucked. I think so. I was too old. I think they just started Michigan Chillers. When did they start writing those? Or when did he start writing those? I think around two thousand. It was like yeah, the early two so thousands when yeah. Yeah. So when when I was when we were kids, then when we were little. It was more goosebumps centered, you know, than the American Chillers. Because like honestly, I was thinking about it. Bruce was reading uh, a Goosebumps, and he's liking it, and it's points where I was like, I wasn't liking it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, when it's the first time and you're a little kid, any of these is going to be awesome. You know what I mean? Bruce wants Michigan chiller. He's got good taste. <laughs> kids have lower standards. There you go. <laughs> no, I will, I will say, um, I believe that maybe the, the base city one with the bats was probably the low point in this series. And we just so happened to single that one out as kind of emblematic of the whole thing. Right. They weren't oh even fucking bionic though. Jesus <laughs> no. Christ. That's, it's oh, true. They I, weren't. I don't know when that book came out. It's, but I do thoroughly remember that book coming out and being in school and my school going absolutely fucking ballistic because, oh my God, we got a Bay City, Michigan chiller book. And I never read it. Mm. <laughs> I have it's a copy. Bay, it's basically yeah. Have it's, it. it's Bay City. I've never City. read it either. I've, I've talked about it enough on the show. There's the that's the most trash human beings per capita than any city in the world. Sorry, Bay City. I like Bay City. Bay City is more trash per capita. More trash yeah. human beings. Oh, yeah, I like Bay City. Nah, it's not. It's not that bad. <laughs> we, there's like the whole city, the whole state of Ohio. Yeah, I mean, you had to remember yeah. Ohio. That's that's fair. <laughs> and Texas. That's, yeah, they just uh, cleaned it up down there, dumped all that sewage. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh my goodness, uh, that's Lord. what I, when I was telling. Uh, I have a friend at work that used to live in Ohio, and he was he made some comment. About how uh, you got to avoid plows on the road. And I go, yeah, Max knows all about plows on the road, even though he lived in Ohio. They don't even have them there. It's a fucking shit show. (laughs) 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 Constantly trash in Ohio. That's the best part of being in Michigan. (laughs) Anyways, we are here to discuss a book about a hamster. So why don't we start, because... Uh, we've already done Lynn Reed Banks's sort of bio well, with our uh, episode on yeah, her, the, the Indian only in the update cupboard. is she now has a website, so you can go check out her new <laughs> Ooh, website. Updates. Brought to you by Squarespace, who is not Ooh. our sponsor. So fuck I, those guys. <laughs> the news that she is is she alive? Yeah. Oh, she's just really she's old, so she could potentially still be on the show. I <laughs> think. Dini two question mark. 
<laughs> Maybe. I mean, we... Like the hamster's dead. 52 years later. <laughs> yeah, the, the hamster right. is dead. Hamsters have like a lifespan of what, two years? Something like that. Jeez. According to the book, yes. <laughs> it said so in the book. It's his 50th... It's the 50th generation of Houdinis running around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Houdini the 17th. <laughs> it's a fucking horror story. This whole this whole town is taken over by these <laughs> hamsters that can't be contained. Right. <laughs> the book is just called We Houdini. Yeah, We Houdini. Yeah. It's just a reimagining <laughs> of 28 days later. The Wilhelm scream when you open the cover has a little one of those little. <laughs> 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 So, uh, Andy, make sure Matt- to put a Wilhelm scream there instead of Harold's invitation. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that was a really good Wilhelm scream, Harold. Yeah, yeah. thank <laughs> you. Spot on. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about your um, how you remember this book? Uh, what your memories uh, around this book? So, I remember I went to Hampton Elementary way back, which is in Bay City, and all like the only thing I really did there was I read just a shitload of books. And for some reason, this was one that stood out for me, especially when we were having that conversation uh, when we were over there. It was the one that stood out. I hadn't read it in such a ridiculously long time, but when I was younger, I read it. Probably, I'd say at least half a dozen times. I don't know why. I liked the... When I was younger, I was kind of into the whole magic, uh, like magic scene, and I was definitely a fan of Houdini at the time. So just going through, thumbing through the library, I'm like, I Houdini, what could this possibly be? then it's a fucking picture of a hamster. And what kid doesn't love a hamster, especially when you're in elementary? So I just remember really enjoying the book. And it was going back to it this time. It it kind of showed off how how like I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily well written, but they what is her name? I'm sorry. Lynn Lynn Reed, Lynn Banks. Reed Banks. Lynn Reed Banks puts a lot of detail and uses a lot of I'd say bigger words for an elementary kid. So it was definitely one of those, like maybe some of those, some of the words at the time kind of stood out. It's like, man, I actually feel like I'm making some progress in AR land with this book. Cause I don't, I don't even know when I read it. It was probably like second, third, fourth grade, something like that. But yeah, it was just a really good memory from reading books in elementary. Awesome. So what do you remember about the story though? <laughs> I will tell you, I did remember uh, Houdini fucking up a piano and getting laid. I do. I I did remember <laughs> that, and I think at the time, even when I was that young, I kind of under understood what they were getting at with it. But I ju- I just didn't really. Obviously, you don't know at that time, more or less. But I did remember. Yeah, you kind of just go. Never mind. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna, we're- we're going to devote a whole section of the sh- of this episode to that scene. It's going to be <laughs> wonderful. You know, he gets it, man, and he, he gets it get forcibly. It. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, yeah. kind of. We're going to uh, I got we'll something discuss. In- we'll yeah. discuss. I got yeah. I got I got plans in store for that. <laughs> but it just I I remember like the thing that I definitely remembered before I started reading it was how this fucking hamster just got out of literally every scenario. And I had a hamster. I remember getting a hamster after reading this book and he he would get out of literally everything like the same exact ways. We'd put books on his cage and he would push the lid up somehow and get out of it. And he would just like run around and be in bed with you for like you'd fucking be sleeping and he'd pitter patter across the 
the blanket or whatever. So I remember, I think his name was Speedy at the time, but we definitely changed his name to Houdini because he could escape everything. So that also hmm. played a factor for sure. Nice. Awesome. You know, I have to say that the lack of glory holes in this Lee Reed Banks book was <laughs> unfortunate, you know. <laughs> I remember being a little kid and reading Glory Hole, and I kind of knew what it was, but I wasn't sure. (laughs) This one was without a Glory Hole, not like uh, you need in the cupboard. Yeah, I didn't realize there was a glory hole in that. Oh, yeah, there was a glory hole in the the cupboard. That's fantastic. (laughs) And if you want the listener, if you want the backstory on that, go back to episode 11 where we discussed that story. And uh, it's a good episode. I actually listened to it today. Oh, nice. I I, I vouch for it. (laughs) But, anyways, before we get too much more in depth into, into the books, let's recap the story with Bob's Your Uncle. And on today's Bob's Your Uncle, it has somehow fallen onto me to uh, to do the honors. So I will take this burden and stumble through it as I never have before. Uh, it's how I do it every time. <laughs> All right. So I, Houdini, is a story about a hamster who finds that he is very good at escaping things and fancies himself to be a lot smarter than your average hamster in much the way Yogi is smarter than your average bear. He recounts the story of his life all the way from his humble beginnings as a pet shop hamster uh, to what's probably, I don't know, a couple months later where he's a fully grown hamster and in a little cage that he learns how to escape. And um, the family is a father, mother, three boys. And if you're Lynn Reed Banks, you put them in that order because she is very much a subject of the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> uh, and Harold's phone is surprised to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually good. It usually has pretty good timing. <laughs> but Houdini goes through a series of escapes from his cage and finding places around the house to to make little little getaways, little nests. Uh, his favorite one is in the back or the inside of a stand-up piano. Um, which he ruins by chewing off the felt from the hammers uh, to make his bed, uh, which really makes the father upset, which he's he becomes a sort of like not the antagonist, but um, he's definitely a friendly foe, per- perpetually pissed at this yes. hamster. Uh, <laughs> um so one time when Houdini is making his nest inside the walls of the kitchen, he tries to set himself up to be able to get drinks whenever he wants it. Uh, he's got handy stores of food, obviously, because it's a kitchen, but he tries to chew a hole in a water pipe so he can take drinks whenever he wants to. But that just winds up in causing a whole ruckus, uh, flooding the kitchen. Dad is super pissed. They have to like tear up the floorboards and everything. And he swears he will kill that hamster the next time he sees him. So the boys um, secret this hamster away to their their neighbor friend's uh, house, who uh, is a little bit older than them, but he has a hamster of his own, who is a, a girl hamster. So Houdini um, eventually hooks up with this girl hamster, loves her, leaves her, escapes that house because he's Houdini. Escaping is what he does. 
and then he finds that he loves the outdoors. But spending time in the outdoors, he finds that the outdoors are a dangerous place to be. They are as dangerous as they are beautiful. But uh, he eventually, he eludes a cat. He eludes uh, an owl at one point. Um, He gets scooped up by a dog who takes him into a, a very dirty house which is owned by an alcoholic who's just letting the place go to shit. Um, He starts, when he sees Houdini in his house, he and the dog start chasing him around. Houdini, uh, in a a desperate attempt to get to freedom, uh, goes through this door, but it turns out that this door was the door to the fridge, and the fridge door gets closed on him, and he falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he is back in his home his original family's home uh, with the boys and the mother. Um, So glad to see him home. And this was because that family had set out, um, like put up missing posters with a, with a promised reward. So the alcoholic dude took that reward to, to, as the father suggests, will probably, he knows what he's going to spend it on. Um, But he makes his peace being at home. He's got a brand new cage that he learns how to escape from. And he makes a a nest in the kitchen again, but doesn't flood the kitchen. Instead, he hibernates in the kitchen. And months later, he emerges. The family is surprised and delighted to see him. Uh, They take him to visit his children at their their friend's house. Uh, And... Houdini reflects that life is pretty good. The end. Bob's your uncle. I Houdini. Good job. That's a hell of a Bob's your uncle. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you should have seen my hands gesticulate the entire time. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes, that's exactly how you. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> oh, I'm. Yeah, I'm a hand talker for sure. If there was a webcam yeah. on me, I'd look like an idiot. I do it so much, I'm worried I'm going to get gesticular cancer. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was good. Uh, good job. Bob's your uncle. The hamster is, uh, he's a dad now. He is a, he's a father. But they, they didn't put him in uh, with, the, uh, with his family, quote unquote, because they were afraid that he would attack them. Yeah, oh, sure, like, attack them. Make yeah. some more babies is what they were afraid of. <laughs> no, doesn't the dad eat the fucking hamster babies? They might. Usually. I guess, uh, in I guess that's usually. Yeah, that's what Houdini recounts. But he says, well, I would never because I am a more uh, evolved hamster, I guess. Those aren't his exact words, but he definitely sees himself as better. Not than, the type to eat his babies. Yes. He's he's very civilized. Yeah, he's a fatherly hamster. Yeah, but he's, he's happy to appreciate his family from a distance. So... How did they know that that they were his babies? Because there were some that were like her, but three were like were golden like him because he was a golden hamster, just like Chum from Ralph uh, Runaway Ralph. So, yeah, but these hamsters seem to be pretty wily creatures. I mean, Uh, well, I guess it depends on how many uh, random hamsters Ben is letting his hamster get up with, you know? If he's, like, bringing (laughs) her to the pet store to just have a good time, then there's some questioning. But I'm just saying she knew what to do in a short period of time. (laughs) Also, I believe that they were encouraging them to fuck. Yeah, they definitely were. (laughs) They bred them. Ben, yeah. Yeah. The mom gave the the hamsters some space. Wow, that's that's adult for the story. (laughs) I guess, I don't know, when you're 
a kid on a farm, you'd learn about animals doing it oh, and stuff. Oh, dude, Ben knew his shit on hamsters, let me tell you. That dude yeah. knew the whole, he knew way more about the hamster life than I did. And I'm, <laughs> I'm nine years older than Ben, and that, that kid knew his shit. I didn't know hamsters belonged in the sand. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a fun fact. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. That they come from the desert. Yeah, I had no idea. You learn a lot about hamsters by reading this one. Doesn't seem like the type of animal that would survive in the in the wild. And yet they do. Yeah, well, I mean, hamsters, though, I think that they're a derivative of something like a dog is from a wolf. So hamsters come from dogs is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, hamsters. You, <laughs> the, the dog wolf comes from the wolf. The dog. And then yeah, the dog you becomes a hamster. You take the, the wolf out of the dog is a hamster. <laughs> you have the dog and then there is the hamster. Yeah. Yeah. Dog plus hamster equals wolf. Bob's your uncle. Crossbreeding. <laughs> Call the wild. Crossbreeding <laughs> cross for idiots. We can write okay, that nope. now. There are wild hamsters in the world, but they're relatively rare. Hmm. Well, Houdini is definitely a domestic hamster. He likes his indoors. He likes his comforts. He likes he likes his uh, stories too. the The mom in the book read a lot of stories, and he really like took a lot from those. He did learn a lot through ob- observation. Yeah, he didn't like that MTV. <laughs> <laughs> right? There were <laughs> those the damn boys, kids and their MTV. Their rock Goddamn videos rock or music. whatever it was. <laughs> he, he wanted nature documentaries, but the kids would only watch rock shows. Well, yeah. That damn rock and roll. <laughs> it's just, that's what gets the kids excited, rock and roll. So, He's a hoity-toity mm-hmm. hamster who worships the sun and the moon. The, yeah, the sun yeah, god. First he worships the, the, first the, he worships the, moon. the moon. Yeah, before he's aware of but the sun. But then he's like, this, like, this is a more powerful sphere. <laughs> this one's more I shall- powerful. He shall be my new god. I shall praise it. <laughs> but I really like the fact that he turned that piano into like, he said a gym, basically. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. that's fun. He uses it to do acrobatics and such to get better <laughs> at escaping and build up his muscles, which is funny because later on he then uses those same muscles to push the stupid thing out of his cage. Heck Here's yeah, my man. thing. If he was so wanting to be out, get him a fucking ball. Then he, he'll be safe. And he can run around wherever the fuck he wants. Right? Oh, be hard man, I, I totally too. had one of those for my hamster, too. Those things are the shit. Yeah. See? Essentially, yeah. these these yeah. are just uh, these are just bad people that <laughs> no, didn't want no to give a hamster, hamster balls. Yeah, yeah, no no hamster balls. I mean, they did have to pay for a new floor and pipe and carpeting and hammers for the <laughs> piano. <laughs> so they were oh, kind of low on money. You know, mm-hmm. as looking back on this, I definitely am more of a fan. Like Houdini's cool. It's cool, uh, cool hamster. He's got his shit together. I just feel bad for the dad. Like this dude's forking out thousands of dollars for a hamster. Thank you. Yes, I found the, the father to be a very sympathetic character. <laughs> like he's yeah, angry, and- but it's a righteous anger because this fucking rodent is ruining everything. Especially the piano. Like that hurt. Yeah, that's not cheap. Flooding the house is not cheap. <laughs> yeah and then he warms up to him because the kids love him so much and he like pets him it's like what come on now the piano was a tough one yeah he's definitely a pet owner like like i would be a pet owner like it's very logical yes i'm angry that he's ruined like he's eaten the felt off of my piano hammer so certain notes won't play anymore <laughs> uh or that he flooded my fucking kitchen <laughs> or he broke a, a vase over the fireplace mantle and I have to replace that shit. That was a pretty expensive vase too, let me tell you. But like, because it means so much to his kids, 
And I suppose his, his wife kind of warms up to it as well and looks on it pretty fondly. Like, it's the whole family against him, so he may as well make his peace with it. <clears throat> but in return, Houdini does kind of learn better and uh, doesn't ruin things anymore after his he wakes up from his hibernation. He's like a brand new hamster. A more responsible, superior hamster. Which is the fiction part of the story. Which is the fiction part of the story. <laughs> because Animals learning. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> your dogs, again, will learn, but the hamster is far devolved from the dog. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it is the it is the the excess <laughs> left over from the wolf. So I mean, you yeah, take you yeah, yeah. From debreeding yeah. the wolf, you take the hamster out of the wolf. Yeah, you that's how you. <laughs> And you get a domesticated dog. dog. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think that that part of the wolf would be a lot more vicious, but, you know, it doesn't when it's separate. (laughs) Yeah, it's just really smart. Smart as shit. Yep. So I'm curious. Did you guys enjoy it? Like, I don't, I guess I don't know what age level this book was set for, but it definitely felt like it felt a lot better than some stories where it's like the hamster, Houdini the hamster jumped into the piano and ate some piano keys. Like, it was actually written. (laughs) He found it very good. Yeah, Yeah. I understand. It was, yeah, they, Lynn Reed Banks did not hold back any um, vocabulary, any level of um, verbiage definitely didn't dumb down the language. Well, this is a good type of story to teach vocabulary because if you come to a word you don't know, you go and ask an adult and you're like, hey, what does this word mean? Or you look it up yourself and you're like, oh, that's what that word means. Okay, cool. Uh, so to me, it seems like it's a good level. It's, it's right up there with, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep comparing it to the mouse and the motorcycle because they're very similar. But yeah. um, and I was I gonna, I was the, gonna bring up some similarities. similarities. Oh, okay. No, oh, well, no, now I'm excited. <laughs> don't worry. But yeah, so rodent. I saw. I was like, okay, this is a similar age bracket. So like that, kids that are in that would have read the Mouse and the Motorcycle would have probably read I Houdini, even though I never did, and I had read the Mouse and the Motorcycle. So, but then mm. again, there's also lots of stories that have to do with little, either small animals or small people or small animal hybrid people, like the Littles. Do you guys remember the Littles? Uh, I do. I don't. Well, I. I never They're weird mouse reading. people. Oh. Yeah, but that was like that's just one of the story. The things I remember the cartoon more than the stories, but I remember the littles, these weird people with mouse tails. Similar, similar age. So I think maybe just like that age group is some. It's something that that age group really gets into and likes. Yeah, there's like the there's the Hot Wheels age, the Transformers, the Power Rangers, and then the hamster mouse age. <laughs> right, the smart like hamster. Age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, AI hamster age. <laughs> One of my favorite book series when I was a kid was the Indian in the Covered books, and I read almost all of them at least. And I think it was because of the level that Lynn Reed Banks is writing at. Like, she doesn't write for little kids. She's writing for anywhere I'd say from fourth to eighth grade. You know what I mean? Like that would be a can, good age range. 
Yeah, yeah, because I Maybe read. Third. I know I was. I was still reading uh, Indian in the cover in like eighth grade, like the later books. Because as the books go on, I believe it gets a little bit more complex. Like her, you know. So it's a good. Mm. It's a good bite into reading more adult books as far as language vocabulary goes. Oh, and you kind of grow with the books. Yeah, it's in the realm in between, like the kids' uh, books, where it's like fantastical talking critters, to grown-up books where they discuss grown-up things and philosophical ideas and everything and hamster sex and hamster sex yes <laughs> let's <laughs> move on to the hamster sex first of all i yes. will i will say um in many if not most books along with like the copyright uh and publication information they have a they list a reading level for uh for stories and this one lists listed as a 7.2 which is probably like a so about like a seventh grade reading level Man, you guys are on your shit. I like it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're good about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even talking. No, I'm not talking about the facts. I'm talking uh, about your like idea of reading level. Like you were right in there, man. <laughs> Add a boy. You're in the, you hit I it like... in the ballpark. <laughs> Inside the park home run. <laughs> I'm here for the hype. I'm the hype man. Okay. I like I like language. So, I mean, the, just seeing the different ways it's used makes yeah, I remember too. Also, when I was reading these, I didn't read I Houdini though. I never. <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading these multiple I'm stories, because he didn't um... read it for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was busy reading the Indian in the Cupboard series again. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, we were reading I Houdini. Oh shit! I read Indian in the Cupboard again. God damn it! No. <laughs> I'm ready. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, in the front of my book, it, it is um, dedicated to Adil, Gillen, and Omri. Ooh. Well, Adil, in parentheses, Mark, Gillen, Adam, and Omri, Guy. But those are oh. the names of the three boys in this story, isn't it? Like Mark, Adam, and Guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the so, sons. So Adil, Gillen, and Omri were the three boys in the family of Indian in the Cupboard. Yeah. Does she include like analogs for her own children in her stories? Maybe. maybe, Or maybe this is in the Indian in the Cupboard universe. Ooh, maybe these are cousins. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Those kids get to go to the glory hole then. Good for them. (laughs) Her final book will be I Houdini versus the Indian in the Cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would be like Freddy versus Jason or Alien versus Predator, only cool. You got a little bear riding on top of Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing down Boone. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. That's a lot of fun. So I did find some similarities between this and the Ralph Mouse series. So they both are done in by the metal trash cans. They're both they're death traps in both uh stories because they cannot escape them Mm -hmm. the outside they want to visit the outside so bad and then once they get out there they find out it's much more dangerous than they than they expected true ralph is only out there for like an hour but um at least in the first one he like runs away to camp in the second one oh that's true he does live out there spends time outside yeah in the sequel shut up (laughs) but uh so he uh I didn't know that hamsters go outside. Did your ham? Did you take your hamster outside? Um, 
We so yeah, of course. I mean, you're just gonna fucking leave him in the cage his whole life. Yeah, you sick bastard. <laughs> Why yeah, not? Of course, I. Yeah, you had you get the ball, so they roll around and take him outside, and then you scan the skies for birds to make sure they're not just immediately destroyed. Could you put like? <laughs> I mean, they're in a ball. In a when I was, we lived in Munger with my cousins, and they had a couple gerbils, and I do, I do remember one of the gerbils getting out and us finding a carcass later. So that so, was not good. <laughs> Twist in the story, it was the carcass of a hawk. The fucking gerbil killed it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, abs- you're absolutely right. <laughs> the beefiest gerbil you've ever seen. He, he was the size of a guinea pig, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it possibly taken out by a falcon? A falcon you wanted to fuck? <laughs> Gosh. We're- <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring it back. It was their falcon was who lived on the side of a mountain. Yeah, my side of the mountain. The just <laughs> deep, deep love connection <laughs> with uh, what is the falcon's name? Um, Frightful. 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 Yeah. Yep. Frightful yeah. gets fucked. <laughs> X X X X videos. <laughs> Sam's got to make his money somehow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of which, that is an excellent segue. <laughs> to, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> to the emergence of Luke Parker. Now, this is going to be secret knowledge held by anyone who listens to the show, but I narrate erotica under the name Luke Parker <laughs> as my as my pseudonym. <laughs> and there. <laughs> That's amazing. There is a section of this uh, of this story, Ihudidi, that reads very much like an erotica. <laughs> it, I'd say it's in the, um, the you wouldn't call it rape fantasy. You would call it bully to lover um, sub genre of erotica. Okay. <laughs> but I would like to invite Luke Parker to to read a little bit of of the good stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I am so excited for this. I had heard a great deal about love while living with my family. I had grown up in the knowledge that they loved each other, despite all the shouting and quarreling that went on. I came more or less to understand that it was a deep feeling of wanting to be with someone, of knowing that somehow you belonged to each other. It was something I never expected to feel myself. I thought that hamsters, being naturally solitary and freedom-seeking, would be incapable of such an attachment, which must bind you to a fellow creature as surely as you are bound to a miserable, limited, dependent existence inside a cage. But now, looking at Augie, who is the female hamster, I knew something of love. I knew the desire to get close, instead of my usual desire, which was to get away. I stayed there for hours, mesmerized by her beauty. Hours, guys. Full hours. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, she opened her little black beady eyes. The moment she saw and smelled me, she leapt to her feet in one jerky movement and crouched there, facing me. All illusion of innocence and mildness vanished. She lifted her lip and showed her teeth at me. She even chattered them a bit, just in case I hadn't got the message. I backed off a little before I could control myself. The bite she'd given me still smarted. But then, remembering she couldn't get out, I crept boldly back, my eyes fixed on her. I was not going to let any cheeky little patch-coated she-hamster see she had me scared. (laughs) Hamsters cannot communicate with each other by voice, but they can send signals. I now sent a very simple, primitive signal, which I knew she would understand, even if she were stupid. I want to mate with you. Swift as thought, she sent me one back. Nothing doing. Be off. 
Well, this was a blow, but I was not to be daunted this time by any fear of humiliation. I was determined, so I sent, You're very beautiful, and I'm going to mate with you whether you like it or not. This would doubtless seem high-handed to a human being, but a buck has to be firm with his doe. Does don't appreciate half-heartedness. You have to show them who's boss. Her reply was, You can't anyway. There's no way into my cage. But I noticed she wasn't chattering her teeth anymore. I sent, leave that to me. I sent this with a, I admit, rather cocky little flick of my whiskers. How I would get in, I hadn't a clue. But she didn't know that. She just saw that I had confidence. That nothing was going to stand between us. Not even metal walls and wire mesh. To my joy, I saw her relax. Just a fraction. Her lips came down, covering those teeth. And, no, I wasn't mistaken, a softer look appeared in those little shiny black eyes. She even moved fractionally nearer to me. If she had been at all clever, she might have sent a question now as to how I meant to get to her. But she wasn't clever, and I didn't want her to be. I didn't want an intellectual challenge. I wasn't looking for a partner in life or a like-minded companion. I wanted a mate, this one and no other, and I meant to have her. I stepped boldly to the mesh and sent, Come close. Smell me. You'll like me when you get used to my smell. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, <laughs> now she had lost her aggression. She was shy. She wouldn't come at first, but I sent soothing, inviting signals, and at last she edged closer and closer until our noses were touching through a mesh hole. Not actually touching, just quivering, so close that the hairs vibrated together. Delicious ecstasy. Better than chocolate. Better than the air outdoors. Better than staring up in reverence at my round, white god in the sky. How grateful I was to have learned about love so that I could understand my situation and my feelings. <clears throat> Suddenly she sent, Come on then, what are you waiting for? Good moon, what was I to do now? How could I make good my recent boast? I backed off slightly and gave her cage a quick once-over. Not a hope. Everything, as the man said, right and tight. Not a bit of torn wire or a loose corner to be seen. Nothing for it but a bit of bluff. So I sent, patience, doe, all in good time. Looking rebuffed, she retreated to her sleeping corner and turned her back on me. Can't blame the poor little thing, really. I felt like such a fool. I must make a plan. Two opposite impulses now tugged at me. The first, my usual one, was to make myself scarce. My time sense, which I had been developing lately, told me that it was nearly time for Ben to come home from school. The opposite impulse said, no, stay here, near Augie's cage. Ben will find you and realize the situation. He wants Augie bread. He'll put you in with her. And then, happy days. So that's what I did. I just crouched by the cage, and after a short time, I heard Ben coming up the stairs. Oh, how I had to fight down all my usual escape instincts. But Augie was staring at me again, waiting to see what I would do, and so I managed just to sit tight. In he came, looking gloomy, but not for long. His face positively lit up when he saw me, and with a whoop which should have sent me shooting off, I had not made my decision, he pounced on me. Houdini! Houdini! he cried and did a clumsy sort of dance around the room, holding me in front of him, jouncing and bouncing till I felt quite queasy. I did wish he wouldn't, in front of my female, too. It was too undignified for words. But at last he stopped dancing and brought me close to his face. His boy breath was not as congenial to me as Mark's, but I put up with it. What are you doing in here, you little devil? he asked. Want another go at her, do ya? Okay, then. Really, how boys express themselves these days. Too gross. He opened the wire and put me inside the cage. Watch it now, Hootiekins, he said roguishly. Hootiekins, indeed. Don't let her see you off so easy this time. She didn't see me off, but neither was she very forthcoming, and I was glad of that. 
No public performances for me, thank you. We just sat at opposite sides of the cage looking at each other, and I sent signals about waiting till we were alone, which she evidently agreed with. Bless her modest little heart. At long last, Ben got fed up. Just remember what the hamster book says, he grumbled to me. After you've done it, keep clear of her. She's as bad as a black widow spider. She'll have your guts for garters if you don't look out. With that, he took off, calling ahead of him. Mom, could you come up and keep an eye on the hamsters while I run over and get Mark? I think they're going to mate. But his mother must have been busy just then. Or maybe she had some decent instincts because she left us alone for, well, to be honest, I rather lost track of the time. What with one thing and another. But it was long enough. <laughs> very, very good job, Luke Parker. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Oh, so yeah. That, sex gotta, scene in a go. children's book. Yeah, I got to go <laughs> for a minute. I'll be right back. Go take a <laughs> shower. Take five guys. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> it was it was very very uh descriptive i don't know it just it was a, P, it was a pg sex scene yeah it really was <laughs> i mean i don't no, know if it was, was even the sex scene just the whole like <laughs> like at that time at that age reading that and i can imagine me like i remember i had crushes all over the place you know what i mean <laughs> Why do you like, think? Uh, why do you think this was my book, bro? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> obviously, it was because of the sex scene, <laughs> and it was written just so that you could tell, like Lynn Reed Banks was one thirsty motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, she definitely she expects she, li- she expects someone to take charge for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame a lady. Nope. <laughs> Freaking the sheets. Or in the wood chipping. <laughs> Man, uh, I I will say, you show you sent me a link. What is it you well, I don't wanna the website that you do your audiobooks on, I've I've done a couple on there now. And there ACX? is Yeah, yeah. There is an insane amount of erotica on there. It is wild oh, how yeah. much erotica <laughs> is on there. It pays. It it really pays. I just you know, shout out to Luke Parker. Good for that guy. <laughs> Good for that guy, yep. He's getting his and he's getting he's getting the ladies and and the dudes going how does that make you feel you ever think about that <laughs> no i don't really. <laughs> sorry to put that in your mind but you know you're helping people out around the world and good for you helping man people yes. by just the sound of your supple sexy voice <laughs> anyway back to a kid's Thanks. story yeah <laughs> i do it again is Josh still around? Do you have to take care of something? I'm here. I was listening. Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was an interesting part of the book. Um, she definitely was was towing the line there. You know, kind of riding riding dirty with that, but didn't obviously it did. She did a good enough job to keep that book a kids' book. I mean, mate is a good way to put that. She put a glory hole in Indian in the cover and kept it PG. <laughs> so you know what, what I mean? I, I gotta, I gotta listen to the episode or read the book yeah, or something. Do, do listen to it. That it's one's going fun. over my head. Is I there mean, a glory exactly, hole in it? Yeah, there's, there's a glory hole. In yeah, it. there's a glory hole. <laughs> okay, so glory hole is kind of an archaic term, which is basically like a, a place where you store junk. It, like in a in a house or it was like on a ship or or something like just a little compartment for this and that. Oh, this definitely for drawer. junk. It's definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. for the junk. A junk drawer would be a glory hole. 
Yeah. And it, it's the attic. It's up in the attic. It's just like a p- spot where a bunch of stuff is piled up. And that's, they call it a glory hole. Okay. And I, in the episode, during the episode, tried to look up innocent glory hole. And I don't <laughs> recommend that. <laughs> Looking right. up origin of glory hole is a better option. Yeah. Origin of the term glory hole. Yeah. yeah. Be more descriptive than less. I just don't know how they made that leap, <laughs> to be honest. Junk drawer glory well, hole is what I'm going to I mean, okay, so a glory glory hole. Yeah, I don't know why they call it a glory hole. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I understand. I actually understand the sex glory hole better. <laughs> right? Yeah. I agree. it's an I actual agree. hole. It's Yeah, it's an actual <laughs> hole. You stick your penis in it and you get glory. You, you feel just, the yeah. glory. <laughs> You don't glorious know STDs. Glory, yeah, and we, for sure, for sure. But the STDs <laughs> are the icing on the cake. <laughs> You'll never That's forget terrible. your experience because you can't. You literally can't. It's always there with you. The gift right, that keeps yeah. on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> glory, glory, fellatio. <laughs> glory, glory, show. Presumably. <laughs> Allegedly. So I looked up when he, when hamster balls are were invented, and hamster balls have been manufactured and sold since at least the 1970s. Hmm. This oh, book too. is from 1978, so it came out around the same time as hamster balls. So maybe so Lynn wasn't super into hamster balls at the time. Just yeah, it's possibly she, possible she wasn't aware of their existence. It would have changed the story a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she obviously knew about one type of hamster balls because there was that sex scene we just discussed but because there was that sex scene, he got with augie he got wet wet oh my moon but he also got it cold when he ran away and ended up in that refrigerator of the house that i swear was the dirty house from maniac mcgee i swear to god it is <laughs> Right, it was described very similarly. There was shit all over the place, uh, <laughs> rotting food, garbage everywhere, like liquor bottles. Like, short of there being like a hole between the stories of the house. So, is and, Lynn Reed Banks a time traveler then? Like, she's taken Mouse in a Motorcycle, added Maniac, Maniac McGee. <laughs> and Maniac McGee didn't even come out until the 90s. Right. So, she's got to be a time traveler. And I mean, she's magic. Glory hole steal videos probably weren't popular until 80s or 90s, I'd imagine. So Right. <laughs> yeah, just the locations themselves were very popular. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. But yeah, it's a cute little story for kids. Yeah, so yeah. what is what did you guys think of the book itself though? Because it was a it was a quick read. Harold knows that more than anybody. It was a very fast read. <laughs> very fast. I thought it was very fun. I read it. Yes, it took me about an hour and a half to read it. But when I first started, I was like, is this gonna be just like some ripoff of Mouse and Motorcycle? And it wasn't. It was um its own story and it was fun. And I was like, Yeah, I like this. I would recommend it to children. I would be like, yeah, you can read this book. It's it's great. Plus, it tells you about lust. Not love. It's not love. It's lust. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, yeah, you know, that was, that I got to say, um, yeah, I, I'm glad it didn't get the... I was worried listening to last week's episode. I was like, man, I hope I Houdini doesn't just absolutely suck ass. So it doesn't get ripped apart <laughs> while I'm on the show. No, it didn't. It didn't suck ass at the towards the beginning of it. It just seemed really 
like a common story about a hamster. Like it didn't seem like it would, there would be much to this. And in the end, I guess you can say there wasn't a heck of a lot to it, but it's kind of saved by that whole philosophy of um, enjoying life, getting perspective on on things, um, you know, getting appreciating your, your family, getting your dick wet, <laughs> <laughs> making babies. <laughs> But it wasn't about making babies for him. No, he just, he wanted to mate. And <laughs> yeah, no, take I mean, no for yeah, an answer. no, it wasn't that's the babies. A, that's, it wasn't the yeah. babies for him. No, not even <laughs> That's remotely. a little bit yeah. of a, that's a little bit of a problematic thing to be you know, displaying to kids uh, in, a, no, in an age No, no, where... because they resolve it at the end. They're like, it's kind of like a whole, like your dad's in prison, but he still loves you kind of thing. Like, right. uh, dad can't see you, but he can still kind of see you. You can't be not by the baby. Really. I can't be by my kids because I'm going to eat them. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? <laughs> not talking about that part. I'm talking about the whole, I'm going to mate with you whether you like it or not. They made the point. So, they made but, the point. But back in the eighties, that was okay. <laughs> well, and they even made the point to say to a human, this would sound a little bit much. A little but, they do, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does. They With even, an animal, which, which yeah. I'm, I'm impressed that they made that. Uh, that they made that jump. Like that was a good call for sure. So that people like this me would, can't make a, a comment about how it this was would totally doubtless fine in the seem late 70s. high-handed to a human being, but a buck has to be firm with his dough. Right. I mean, that's what that is. What it is. I don't know why they call hamsters bucks and does, but it's, you know, <laughs> and that's the, I. Yeah, it's doe. They call the female a doe, so I assume it's a male hamster called a buck. Okay. A, is a it? Buck? Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. actually accurate. Okay, Google. What is a male <laughs> hamster called? You're Googling. We don't use uh, Google on this boars. show, Matt. We bing uh, it. Boars. Oh, boar. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they're boar boars and sows. Boars and oh, sows like pigs. for hamsters. I was gonna. Wow. I was really hoping that Google would actually say that to us, so we could get some, you know, sponsorship well, money. It's because it's not as good as Bing. <laughs> That's why. Because Google's. It's too bad Ms. Banks didn't have search engines back in the day, or she would have known that it was boars and sows instead of bucks and does. No, it was Houdini's fault. He didn't read <laughs> yeah. enough. Oh yeah, it was, it was Houdini. He's he's a very knowledgeable hamster and all everything, but you know, hamster ways. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you like you guys liked my story. You know, it was a it was a fun read to go back to. Yes, it was a good suggestion. I had a good time reading it. Yeah, I liked it. It's an interesting story. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Harold. Hey, listen, 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 listen. I want to tell you. Seeming story. I want to explain myself. <laughs> oh, please, I please do this. I want to explain myself. So I like to procrastinate. And usually what I would do is I would wait until either the day before or the day of, depending on how much time I'm going to have. And I would read the book on Kindle. And I couldn't buy it through my Kindle app when I was trying to buy it. And I couldn't, I was attempting to find any other version of it anywhere. And I couldn't. And I was like, well, I'll just look up a summary. There aren't any summaries in this book. Uh, so I couldn't even actively bullshit the situation <laughs> very well. This book was actually pretty tough to find in a digital form. Yeah. You know, I couldn't find any audiobooks nope. a- at either on YouTube or Audible or even just a just a search. Nothing was coming up. No, the uh the way I found it cuz I sorry, I pirate books when I need to read them. Um I've got a website that Josh knows about that is absolutely horrible to use, but they did have a copy an EPUB of this book, which is if you don't know the best format for an ebook, 
I think, because uh, there's an app called Overdrive that uses it, and it fucking works perfect every time. So I did find I did find that, but no, there's no audiobook for it because I was gonna finish I was gonna finish the rest of it on my way home because I figured you only needed like an hour 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 and a half audiobook for it. But no, that thing does not exist. Crazy. Yeah. No. Luke Parker needs to get on this. That's what I'm saying, man. Reach there out to go. Libri Banks. <laughs> and just say you want to read it. I'm going to reach out to, to her and say, hey, I read audiobooks. I notice a severe lack of iHoudini being out there. Do you own the rights to maybe... Because that's what it comes down to. Is a, Does she own the rights? Does her publisher own the rights? Uh, yeah, who owns the rights? Who and then you reach out the to them. To and then... Free, hashtag free Houdini. Yeah. So... And you'd so be like, it, here's... It, Here's a uh, dr- one of my here's a version uh, a little bit of your story <laughs> in my voice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I will send her and a sample. And then it's just the sex scene. Dude, dude. <laughs> it would be great if they took you they're like, "Yes." Miss <laughs> Banks, please find attached a sample of your story I Houdini <laughs> for consideration of uh, allowing me to be the narrator of your audiobook. <laughs> but you have to like really spruce that part up, like really throw some extra, you know, you know, some background music. There. No, some you know what up. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, make yeah. it a little more, make it, you know, viable <laughs> with the times kind of thing. <laughs> Talk about I'm fucking, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. The things just, that I have read. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I remember one. Uh, you I, remember I won't repeat it. <laughs> it one was thing that I've told you about what I've read. Ah, it was nasty. Yeah, it was. <laughs> hey, $20 is $20, man. <laughs> $20 is $20. It got me more than $20. <laughs> but yeah. I also do non-vulgar audiobooks, by the way, <laughs> under my, my actual name. No, <laughs> Actually, no, I, nobody wants those. They really want Luke Parker <laughs> narrating their fucking... No, they want Luke Parker. Go, I, Luke. I can't blame him. You hear that voice? God dang. Mm, yeah. You know how I came up with that name? Uh, Luke you, Skywalker and Peter Parker. You're 100% correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. That, that's the sexiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right? Spider Force! <laughs> Spider Force. All right, should we bring this in for a landing? Yes, absolutely. So I would say, like between all of us, it's a it's a recommend. Yep, for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if there's any adaptations into movies or or anything. I haven't looked up looked that up, but if there are, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't even an audiobook to this, so why I would doubt, there be? But there's a movie. A movie I'm gonna adaptation. go with no. Hi, <laughs> Houdini movie. There's a it. fucking. It's a. There's a, a 550 million dollar produced film <laughs> that fucking gets like super deep. You know what, pro- it's three hours long. It's 100 uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> any of these search results are going to be related to the to Harry Houdini or whatever. That's the thing. Every time I try to him. look up about the book, it just like Houdini facts. It's like I already know about Houdini. Yeah. Right. So very unlikely that there was anything uh, produced as far as an adaptation to the story. This is all you get. This is a. This seems like a pretty obscure title that I didn't even. I wasn't even aware of its existence until you suggested it, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just some random BS I found at an elementary school library. So it, it, I was probably one of the only kids to check that shit out, man. Hmm. Well, we're glad you did. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I and appreciate you guys uh, having me on for another week. Another fun, reliterated podcast. Yep. Always an honor to have you on. And uh, can't wait for whatever, whatever our next one is. Probably our next Worlds of Power, which we're going to have you on, you and Mark on for uh, Ninja Gaiden at some point. Whenever can't Josh's wait. next visit to Michigan is going to be, if he's ever forgiven the state for making him sick. Nope. It's got to be sometime this summer, right? Because you're not doing the nope. winter thing. We're all going to California then. To uh, yeah, do you can come. Ninja come visit. Come help me move because I'm moving to SoCal. So you can You're come help me move. Moving to the you south. Pay for the, you pay for the flight. I will move for free. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. Josh, like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to pay for the flight, and then, and then I'll let you help me move, and you can even buy me dinner, but I can't afford anything. <laughs> but you're here. Yeah. yeah, you live in California. You can't afford shit. It's fucking thirty dollars for a bottle of water. It's not that bad. <laughs> well, that's what we keep telling you about Michigan. <laughs> Yo. What happened yeah, in the next state over? That's right. Fucking just like an uh, explosion of a train. So Yeah, hey, but dude, listen. That's listen Ohio. We have it's, nothing to do with what dude, happened you had wildfires for nine months oh, yeah. straight. We have you wildfires, had... and now it's just raining constantly and causing Josh, flooding. <laughs> Josh, I don't even want to hear it, because if I put the map up on the wall and I like threw a splat against Ohio, it would drip down. So you don't even have to worry about that <laughs> going on there. <laughs> So it's, it's so going down. It's see, going to the south. Nothing wow. Ohio never, does can affect us. I never us. thought about that. I never. <laughs> yeah, thought dude. I mean, everything we, that we, hits Ohio goes downward. We whooped their ass <laughs> in the Toledo War. So yeah, they got, they got Toledo <laughs> and we got the UP. So Ohio is always the loser. Suck it. <laughs> it's true. It's Ohio. Move to Michigan, Josh. I lived there already once, and it's cold, and I don't like it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move to where it's even warmer in SoCal. <laughs> it's not cold all the time. It was really cold yesterday, and today it was pretty warm. And we actually we have, have 15 snow inches right of snow on Friday. Yeah, it, we That's, just got yeah, hit with it. Yeah, I read about that. I gotta. <laughs> yeah, I gotta enjoy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, we're gonna make like Houdini and get the hell out of here. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so, for having me on. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on the show. Uh, Join us next week for Sideways Stories from Wayside School featuring David Tripp Hazard. Until then, give a shit, read some lit. Bob's your uncle, that's reliterated. Thanks, everybody. Peace. This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing, reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord, too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.